This is The Mindful and the Messy with Roxy and Sarah. Welcome to The Mindful and the Messy, honest, real-life chats on living and loving our lives. Welcome back to The Mindful and the Messy. Today we're going to be chatting about women's sexuality and overcoming shame. Mm, I am keen for this one. We did. I some, am too. Yeah, we did some good polls and lots of people wrote in and um, yeah, shared their experiences and thoughts on this topic. And it's a huge topic to tackle, but um, I'm very interested in this one. Yeah, I think as soon as you brought it up and mm. mentioned us doing this topic, I I felt like, yeah, we should do this one because mm. um, I think it's something most women will have mixed feelings on with themselves yes. or mixed experiences. And it's something really you to untangle for yourself. Mm. Definitely. And I think, again, it's like when we did the podcast, uh, the episode, sorry, on like periods and the pill, it's like mm -hmm. a topic that there is a lot of stigma around and a bit of shame and it can be uncomfortable for people. But I think it's important the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it. Um, and it's good to have, you know, resources out there and people to listen in and stuff. So Let's yeah. get into it. Kane. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely it's like one of those topics that is those old school ladies shouldn't talk about these mm. things. You know, not even with your friends. Like just jumping into the shame part. I I remember how freeing it felt just to talk to my girlfriends about sexuality and yeah. being sexual and sex and all yeah. of it. Um so yeah, I think this is a very freeing topic. Yes. I like that word, freeing topic it is. And I reckon one of the things that I think it's good to start off with is talking about um, us as women, like how we're taught about our sexuality or being sexual people, like beings. And I know from my experience in high school, I don't know about you, but I was not taught anything other than like very basic, basic sex ed and everything else you just kind of having to try and navigate your way through and being a teenager you're at such a vulnerable kind of stage of your life you've got so much going on hormones like trying to navigate school um and it can be really confusing yeah I think that goes back to the normalizing it like you said mm. I can't remember ever being taught anything about sexuality and how it feels to be sexual and how your hormones make you feel other than like you said the very basics and mm. more so this is what your organ or reproductive organs do yeah. and this is how you make a baby and this is how you try and not make a baby yeah but there's so much more going on in your body and your your feelings, you know, when your hormones start kicking in, yeah, it really right. should be normalized. And I don't know if it's because like our societies, there's been a strong religious undertone in a, mm. a lot of the histories of our countries. Yeah. Um, if maybe that's why there's so much shame, it's almost like it's dirty to be sexual and have yeah. this energy and it's something to be ashamed of and that's why it's so you know walking on eggshells people don't want to talk about it mm. and it's so true and just in contrast to 
um, like young teenage boys and men and how their like relationship with sex is so different in just, Mm -hmm. just in very basic terms of like that whole thing of like a guy can have sex with like whatever, however many women and he's like the man and like nobody like bats an eyelid about it and it's totally fine and he's cool and whatever. But if a girl does the same, she's a slut, she's a whore, like outcasted, like dirty, all these things. And it's such a double standard of just like, what's what's the go with that? Yeah. Well, even when you think about how it is for guys growing up, like it seems to be a lot more open yeah. towards boys that they will be touching themselves, yeah. you know, they feel these emotions and yeah. that they'll have wet dreams. Yeah. You know, all these things are actually pretty normalized that yeah. guys are going to be watching porn yeah. for women. At least in my experience, it was never like that. You know, it wasn't, it was almost like expected that you wouldn't go through these same things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unfair. <laughs> no. And I actually, <laughs> yeah. All right. And I actually remember um, I don't know. I think I must have been in primary primary school, early high school. I can't remember. Something happened and I remember like guys were chatting about like wanking and like how it was just like a normal thing. And I remember a guy said, like, yeah, but girls can't masturbate. Like it wasn't like they didn't think that like women did it, like it wasn't even a thing that they could do. It was just like not like they can't touch themselves. And it was just so funny and disturbing to think that that was such a normalized kind of notion for men to think that women just don't even do it or they shouldn't do it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's inevitable that we would take on a lot of that, that shame, that guilt, Mm. you know, you start to feel guilty for your own feelings that you feel in your body. Um, And also just disconnected from your body then, like seeing it as something that you need to control and overcome your urges. And if you fall into them, you may be considered slutty or dirty, Mm. like you said, when really it's, it's like, you're just a a mammal (laughs) with these urges that are completely okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the, the shame starts early now that we're talking about it. I'm really I just even can remember like being young and having like sexual dreams, you know, when I was, my hormones have started to kick in and just feeling like, well, feeling turned on, but like so guilty about it. Like this is wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that's, and it's crazy because I think the system so does not help this shame because it's set up in a way that we're, only taught about sex from a young age in a very particular way which means that we're not we don't have any tools that we're equipped with to know how to deal with these emotions which can be um detrimental in a way so then you don't kind of learn about um you know I guess you learn to have safe sex but there's so much that schools don't talk about And I mean, there's more than just, um, you know, heterosexual sex and like, they don't even talk about different kinds of sex and all this other kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, I really don't think that it helps teenagers not having this education. Like they need it. 
Yeah. And when you're, I mean, it's, yeah, not coming from schools is huge. And also, like, it, I think it'll depend on how you were brought up as well, right? Yes. And I, I think both you and I have yeah. had pretty open relationships with our mothers, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and my mom was, like, I always felt like maybe too open with me. Yeah. Now I'm really grateful for it. Yeah. I still felt embarrassed to talk to her about it or to talk to friends about it um, because it, it did feel like, again, it was this really shameful thing. And yeah. I think, right, like not normalizing it in society and the systems and the way in our education really does affect that. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. And um, I know we touched on it before the show that we were both um, – like girls that physically developed early. So Mm -hmm. I had like a very womanly body, I would say, from like a young age. And I was talking to my uh, sister about this and we kind of come from a family of like big boob women, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just like the ladies were out from a young age. (laughs) And... um. Like, whilst, like, that's great now, when I was a teenager, I remember feeling really uncomfortable in my body because it was, it was, like, growing, like, out of my age, if that makes sense. Like, my my body looked way older than I actually was. And so I was treated older than I was, especially by men. And so it was this thing, um, I know we talked about it before the show as well, of like this hypersexualization, especially mm. of teens. And I remember going through this phase of A, feeling uncomfortable, but then also feeling like this weird, like power, sense of power almost, yeah. because like I was getting all this male attention and that felt like really good to have like this male attention. Um, Mm -hmm. because I looked a certain way and they were giving me this attention, but, um, it's interesting because that kind of sense of power that you feel from getting all this attention for your body, I found can easily be taken away in the same instance. So they can be calling you hot or sexy or whatever they call you. But in the same instance, if you don't, I found that if you don't react the way that they want you to react, like, you don't take it as a compliment or you're like, fuck off or like, whatever. They'll call you a slut, a whore, a this, a that. And so it was just, I don't know if you've had any similar experiences to that. My experience is pretty much the exact same. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, it was probably the first girl in my school to grow boobs. Yeah. And yeah. instantly, yeah, you do get all this male attention and, it's openly talked about like your boobs and how hot they are, whatever, whatever is said. And I felt the same way, like, Oh, suddenly now I have this power and I, I feel worthy Mm. because I am being seen by these men as worthy and beautiful or hot or whatever they're saying. Um, And I can use this tool to get attention and to feel validated. And it definitely carried on for me, like into high school, at least at the beginning of high school, I almost wanted to 
and did try to formulate my identity around this idea of being sexual, mm. of being sexy, of mm. being someone that guys wanted. Um, and you're right. Like as soon as it turned, which a lot of the times it did into you're a slut, you're a whore, mm. all of that, it just like would break you. And that's, I totally think that's where the issue comes in. It's like, and yeah, we talked about this, like, yeah, you are feeling power for being sexual mm. and having this sexual body and all of this, but that is all coming from an external source. It's all coming from outside of you. It's men telling you what is sexual, mm. what is a sexual body and that you are sexual because of this yeah. and yeah. you try to give them more of that you know yeah it's yeah. not like it's not an internal knowing mm. of being sexual and an internal empowerment mm. um which looking back I can see that at the time it's just like I felt so you feel like this pull like mm. I feel like I need to be sexy I need to be yeah what the yeah world wants and need to be this sexual woman but I can't be too sexy because yeah. then I'm yeah. a slut mm. and I'm a whore yeah. it's yeah. so true and I remember feeling like that as you were saying like you almost feel like obliged to step into this role that they've given you because of what your body looks like and I remember mm -hmm. actually getting so much judgment um from other girls like either it was jealousy that I was getting attention from guys and it was also like they would be like if I was being too sexual they would also be the ones to be like slut whore this that the other thing and so I think that as well like a question I asked on the polls is like do you feel like you've had what did I say um, do you feel you have like internalized judgment of yourself, other women or other women around the topics of sexuality, confidence, this, that, and the other thing. And I definitely know as well that I catch myself sometimes judging mm -hmm. other women for feeling like they're being too sexual. And it's definitely something that it's like, no, it's, uh, like not a something to blame or anything like that because we've been so conditioned to kind yeah. of have this way of thinking that like you want to be sexy but it's like sexy for men as soon as women are like sexy for themselves it can really like trigger people or trigger men and it's just like you feel uncomfortable and so I know yeah. definitely that even me sometimes I have to catch myself on it being like why do I why do I think that's not okay she's like just being sexy or whatever and I mean these days I'm definitely less less judgy of course um but it's definitely I think a conditioned kind of response in our minds even as women to think of other women as being too much yeah and I think that's exactly why right now this is a good topic yeah. <laughs> because WAP, yeah. WAP came out mm -hmm. um are we allowed to say what it is on here I don't know yeah, the yeah, song, yeah, yeah, we can say it. Wet ass pussy. Yeah. <laughs> that song came out and like I didn't listen to it for a long time because yeah, I was just neither. like, whatever. But there was a lot of back and forth about it, right? Like I think it's exactly what you're talking about. Like there's a lot of um people that are triggered by it, mm. by women like showing sexuality in that way. Yeah. And I also think 
you know, you can look at it in a way as that's like one type of sexuality. Yeah. And it's the almost the type of sexuality that you think you have to be. You know what I mean? Like that is what I think I was you're trying to put off this sexualness, show off your body. Like, I don't know. To me, like I yeah, I'm getting jumbled here. No, I I completely understand what you're saying. And it's like, um, I think that when WAP came out, it was like for me, I think straight away my thoughts were to judge it. And that again Mm -hmm. is from probably from that place of how I felt I needed to be look act for men, especially when I was like a teen with like big boobs and stuff like this. So I think for me it was kind of like that. And then on thinking about it more, it was like men have been singing these rap songs like this, like forever, and nobody kind of blinks an eye about it. But when a woman does it, it's like, oh, wow, like so much more controversy. And in a way, I kind of loved it because I was like, she, I feel like it was really taking back the mic and being like, you know, it's still like very, I don't know, graphic, I suppose, like the lyrics and stuff like that. Like it's yeah. not, um, but I think that there is something to be said that this is one form of female sexual empowerment. And for some women that may be super empowering and that is what really feels good, but it's the only real, real mainstream pop kind of culture way of looking at female sexuality. And I think that Mm -hmm. it's just good to raise that it's not the only type. So you don't have to look at WAP and be like, that's, what female sexual empowerment looks like across the board and that's how I need to act be look kind of thing yeah because it's it's not there is each woman will feel empowered in a billion different ways and no way is right or wrong it is just how they feel um but it is like it's good to know that that's not the only way that it has to look like Yeah, totally. And I I think it does come back to what we were talking about with where is the power coming from, you know, like, if the power is coming from you internally, it's like an internal sharing of your sexuality and what makes you feel sexually empowered. And like, yeah, like, it's all good. I'm all for it. If the power is coming from like, society telling you how to be sexual and that it has to be a certain way, like, that's when it is actually harmful Mm. and with WAP like we the first time I listened to it I downloaded it for my friend's bachelorette party and we were listening to it and like it was so fun to just like sing that and like claim those lyrics and yeah because sometimes you do feel sexual like that like not everyone necessarily or not and not all the time but sometimes you do Mm. just want to claim like that yeah you like to have sex and do these things and yeah yeah. And yeah, that's okay as long as it's coming from your internal, like you're not looking for worth, you're not looking yes. for validation outside of yourself. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's a that's such a true point is you'll be able to tell if it's coming from you or if it's coming from looking for validation from somewhere else because it, if it's coming from you, it can't be taken away. Like, of course, you can have low moments where you might not feel super sexy as fuck. Like, that's fine. But yeah. if it's coming from someone else, as we said before, it'll be take. It can feel like it's taken away from you, and that you're constantly trying to like on the 
hamster wheel trying to get it back all the time. Um, yeah. So just some yeah. self-reflection, I suppose, and just like really, yeah, kind of, yeah, just having you think about it when you're in certain scenarios or whatever. Are you feeling like good or is it like feeling like it's coming from somewhere else? Yeah. Yeah, I know too, like it, I feel like in my current relationship now, like one of the benefits of it has been, it has pushed me to feel less shame as well around being sexual and like Mm. claiming what I want and owning what I want and owning what makes me feel like sexual and all this. Um, Cause there is a lot of shame there, but I think something else that's sort of transformed for me is the way that I view like being a sexual woman and a sexually empowered woman has changed a lot over the years. Um, Like I used to only look at it as like having sex type thing, (laughs) you know, like being in a relationship with someone and, Mm. and having sex with them. But now it's evolved to be more inclusive of like the divine feminine, I guess Mm. you could say, or what, actually is sexual energy this creative energy and how do how can women embody that energy and you know it's a more like rooted sexuality that mm-hmm. has to do that whole feminine energy yeah. which can be in anyone and everyone and like how do you express that energy mm-hmm. and one way you can express it is through sex mm-hmm. but it's not the only way yeah that's so true and I find that for me, I kind of use the word sensuality for mm. a lot of things that I feel that make me feel sexy, but it's like that sensual kind of word really mm. resonates with me a bit better um, because, like, I can feel sensual when I'm doing, like, random things like yeah. music or dancing or moving my body or, like, yoga especially or um, I don't know, like, being out in nature or just, like, stuff like that. And yeah, like, I think it's good to tap into those things that awaken that kind of sexual energy that women have. And it may, it obviously is going to look different for everyone, but like really claiming that and um, stepping into that, I think is really important and not shying away from it, like really um, owning it for yourself. Yeah. And I think there is a larger theme here too of like reconnecting with your body mm-hmm. as a woman and I mean that can go we've talked about this in other episodes like the disconnection that women have from their bodies because of how society is conditioned yeah. them to yeah. treat, treat and view their bodies um and I think like one major facet of women like feeling sexually empowered and sensual is mm-hmm. this like coming home to your body and and respecting what your body wants and listening to your body and following those cues. Mm. Again, going back to the word sensuality, like tuning into your senses Mm. and that can be in so many different ways and through all types of movement. Um, One of which is sex, you know, which can fit into that type of like sexuality Mm. is like that reconnection with your body and really listening and following it. Yeah, and I think as well, like, that um, that connection to your body, again, is, like, I kind of feel like it's, like, almost 
taking it back, like taking back mm-hmm. that power, reclaiming that power um, that, you know, may have felt like was taken away from you. Um, and so I don't know, like for me as well, like when I had big boobs as a teenager, I felt like I needed to show them off. Like there were something that was like, I don't know, that was like made me more sexy and that had to be on display all the time. Whereas now it's just like, I just wear what's comfortable or what I like to wear. So whether that means sometimes I'm not like that, it's like, it's not a factor as to whether or not they're being on display or not. It's just like how I feel good in my own body. And it's like, for me, it's not for anyone else. Yeah. Um, And in saying that as well, though, like, if you have really big boobs, they're going to look big in whatever you wear because they're big boobs. And it's like doing that and claiming that and just loving how your body looks um, without feeling like you need to be, it doesn't have to be a sexual thing. Like it's just, it's just how your body is. Yeah. And you know what, like, as you're talking about that, like, I think I still have quite a lot of work to do with that on myself because I do, I, I feel almost guilty when I'm like showing off my body, Mm. like, especially when we're talking about boobs, like having big boobs. And I have a memory that just popped into my head of going to a dance and I was wearing this, like this little camisole top and my mom turned the car around to take me back to the safety end because my boobs are just like exploding out of the top. And I was like, yeah, like I'm going to show these off. But my mom also had really big boobs. And like, I think she probably had something in her head as well. Like that we've been conditioned, like my daughter can't be showing off her boobs to everyone, you know, like over-sexualizing herself and I think I still carry that a little bit like I I still feel a little bit self-conscious when I'm showing off Mm. parts of my body that like I am over-sexualizing myself and that I'm you know being that slutty or whatever like I'm putting that out there even though in my logical mind I know that's Mm. not what's happening and I've like done a lot of work to love my body and like just see it as a body Mm. there's definitely those little elements of conditioning that stick so deep in you and you don't even recognize them yeah oh definitely and I mean I think for me as well um I kind of did like a a flip sometimes because like I went from like really wanting to show them off to really not wanting to show them at all Mm -hmm. and more like even nowadays like I well, I'm a real, like, comfy person. Like, I prefer comfortable clothes anyway. So, like, I'm not the kind of person who's going to walk around wearing really tight clothes because I hate that. Like, I just – I feel like I can't move. So that's just not my style. But I also – nowadays, like, if I wear, like, a top where it really shows off my boobs or something, I will, like, find the confidence in myself to wear it if that's what I choose to wear. But I just – don't like the tension that I get mm-hmm. like I don't like the stares I don't like the mm-hmm. it, like that unwanted attention because even if I do not feel like I'm hypersexualizing myself that doesn't mean that others won't hypersexualize yeah. you and yeah. they'll look at you like a piece of meat and I've never liked that attention because it just makes me feel uncomfortable Um, so if I do choose to wear something that is, you know, showing off my boobs or is like, whatever, it's like 
um, a sexy kind of outfit, I'll do it because I really think I look great at it or I want to wear it and I'll wear it with confidence. But I do also know that if I wear that, like people will probably look or this, that, the other thing. And so again, like it's still work. And I think it's very, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily bad. Like you, you want to be comfortable in what you're wearing, but it's like, why are you uncomfortable? And I mean, yeah, yeah, that is a really good point because, you know, what we're saying, yeah, your sexual empowerment always has to come from within. It's like a sense of power within, but that's not to say that society is there, you know, yeah. like the world we live in very much over-sexualizes, hyper-sexualizes, yeah. looks at sexuality as one way. So if you're feeling like uncomfortable with it and shameful, you know, it's not necessarily things within yourself. It it has a lot to do with those external forces that mm. have told you how to be sexual in the first place. Exactly. I know. Oh, so it's like, it's for issues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I think it's good that we're both kind of saying as well that it's not like we're like sitting here chatting, being like, we know all the answers, like we're super onto it and everything. Like I know I've definitely still got stuff that I've got to work through, but um, again, like it's bringing up those, these big topics and talking about it. And um, you know, I really would hope that women do find it in themselves to be empowered sexually because we're sexual beings and it's not mm -hmm. helpful to anyone for women to think that they're not sexual. Like, and we're just here to make babies. Like that's not cool. We're in 2020, like that's not what's up, you know? Yeah. And, um, being empowered in your sexuality also, you know, it means that you're kind of just more aware of how you're feeling in situations and can have more confidence to talk about things around sex, you know, with your partner or whoever, and not have that shame as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I think there's only yeah. good that can come from, you know, trying to step into that empowerment. Yeah, something I have told myself almost like an affirmation and mm -hmm. uh, years in the past, like five years or something yeah. is that, uh, it is safe for me to feel pleasure. Mm. That's something I'll repeat to myself. Oh, and mm. it is safe for me to feel pleasure. And mm. it is okay for me to feel pleasure. And that mm. isn't, it definitely includes like in the bedroom, mm. but it's not just that. Like, again, going back to that sensual mm. nature, like it's okay for us as women to feel pleasure and enjoy pleasure and to have these feelings like, yeah, we've been told for centuries that it's not okay. And we're mm. just property and we're not supposed to, yeah. you know, connect with our body. We need to ascend the body's urges, mm. but no, that's bullshit. Like it is okay for you to feel pleasure in whatever ways you do. I mean, as long as you're not hurting other people yeah. or anything <laughs> like, um, but yeah. And I like what you said about talk talking about it having these conversations like that's what we're doing and I honestly think some of my most freeing conversations with girlfriends has been about sexual sexuality and like sex and just like being able to put that on the table and talk to other women about it I found mm -hmm. like really freeing yeah. because every you know everyone kind of has this these sticky feelings around it so just mm -hmm. talking about it really helps yeah, absolutely. I love that affirmation. I think that's really nice. And 
I was, um, I was just going to say when I put up some of the polls, like what are some things that, I forget the question I asked, it was like what are some things that has uh, helped you feel more sexually empowered or something like that. Um, you know, someone said being sexual in my own space, energy, meditating, dancing, taking moods, being in nature. So that's really mm-hmm. like owning that central vibes that we were talking about. Um, someone else, oh, I said, what has helped you embrace your sexual nature? That was the question. Um, so if someone said a caring and patient partner, that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, someone said my husband, who also happens to be my best friend. So that to me just sounds like, um, again, that safe space where they feel mm-hmm. comfortable to express themselves and to navigate what they like, what they don't like, all this kind of stuff. Um, somewhere where, yeah, they feel, um, yeah, feel safe to do so. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's great. And, um, again, I think it's just about having these conversations. And I love that, yeah, it's like ripping the Band-Aid off. As soon as you start chatting with your girlfriends about sex or just whatever it is, it's like it's like this cloud cover is lifted. And you're just like, yeah. oh, fuck yes, let's talk oh. about sex. You're like, oh, oh my God. I've experienced that too. Oh. Yeah, and it's so. Oh, you know what I mean. Yeah, and you just realise how relatable, like, all your things are that you're ch- chatting about and whatever and that you're like, oh, it's not just me. Or like, oh, yeah, what the fuck was that? Or like, whatever. And, um... And it's just nice to be able to, yeah, take the stigma out of things. So, I mean, it's something that, um, you know, men also have a huge role in getting rid of this stigma. And, you know, it's not just up to the women. It's definitely both parties, all parties that need involvement in in, um, getting rid of the shame and stigma and and helping women feel more empowered. Um, But I think conversations like this episode is definitely a good way to start. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it was maybe a few months ago, I was on a video call with some of my friends and mm. <laughs> I just randomly b- brought up what it feels like when I'm ovulating, yeah. like in my body and yeah. like sexually, <laughs> how I am. And I could tell some of them were like, Whoa. but then, you know, it starts, everyone yeah. starts talking about it. And it's like everyone's just having a laugh. Like, being honest about Mm -hmm. these things and removing the guilt behind it like it's okay um yeah yeah so yeah everyone repeat that to yourself it is okay for you to feel pleasure Mm, I like that one yeah it's so funny just like it's sometimes just like to remember that it can it's like can just because it's so conditioned it can be a bit of like smack in the face response at first and a bit of a shock and a bit like yeah uncomfortable like and then give it a second and the ball will start rolling and you guys like, you'll just won't stop chatting. <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, yeah, I do love that affirmation. Well, I'm super happy with this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, as always, if you have any other suggestions for topics you like um, to hear us chat about, hit us up on Instagram and yeah. Thanks for listening. Guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening to The Mindful and The Messy. If you'd like to keep in touch, you can find us on Instagram. Roxy Rogan, which is R-O-G-A-N, and Sarah is at Sacred by Sarah. Thanks so much and talk again soon.